2: And welcome back to the Talking Granny podcast with me Stuart McNamara and my co-host, the Right Honourable Lord, Robert Cross.
1: Thank you, councillor. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Cross here as always. How are you, <laughs> Not too bad
2: now. We have a pretty okay day. I mean, nothing too bad has happened in Ireland this week for once.
1: Well, our, our European Commissioner had to resign because of stuff. godfrey Golfing, yeah, it's always the golfers you got to watch out for. Uh, it's been a fairly alright week. i uh, been busy in work mostly. I think you yeah. have as well. So yeah, nothing, nothing too exciting. Which is uh, probably about as as good as we can say for the times that we're living in. Yeah, absolutely. So it's the uh, weather is, up, up and down, yeah, up and down, but uh, not too bad anyway. Better than normal, I suppose. Yeah, we'll take it.
2: So right into uniquely Irish, where this week we will be talking about weird
1: Irish laws. Yeah, it's going to tie into this film, which is based on a. Tr- somewhat a true story we'll we'll get into that Um, and it involves quite an an important legal case we're going to kind of talk about some of the weirder little little kind of tidbits in Irish law like I'm sure we all know the British story of oh you can you can kill a Welshman in the the city of Chester as long as it's like within the city walls with a crossbow yeah
2: because isn't there that weird (laughs) one in America somewhere where it's like no ice creams on a Sunday or something weird you get like a lot of these laws they were passed and like they've generally been forgotten about they've kind of been repealed in a lot of cases and they're not enforceable so yeah but you know it's like when they they make a law and then they just forget about it for a hundred years and then someone dredges it up like to... like in the simpsons with the prohibition episode yeah exactly or yeah, stuff like that so i think the obvious and main one that we all know about is the
1: time that we accidentally made drugs legal for a day yeah, this is a great story. So, what happened was this about 2015, wasn't it, Stu?
2: Yeah, something around then. It
1: was basically uh, a fella had taken the was had been arrested for having uh, pills on him. I think it was ecstasy or whatever it was, or legal yokes or whatever. And he, he went to was prosecuted for it, but he took the government to court and said, "Look, I my my lawyer says that you can't have prosecuted me for this because the way you." you know say this drug is illegal is actually unconstitutional and i went to the supreme court and the supreme court says actually he's right you uh, the what you used to prosecute him was was actually unconstitutional use of power so he has to be freed and now as a consequence of that certain drugs were were legal so they had to get through an emergency legislation, get the president to sign it. But the earliest it could take um, hold was the, the following day. Yeah. So for two days in Ireland, uh, certain drugs were legal and you couldn't get arrested for it. <laughs> Which um, uh, I'm
2: sure they probably have done something anyway. They probably would have taken your name and come back and arrested yeah. you after
1: the fact. But No, you're not allowed to do that. There's a specific legal thing uh, where you can't... You you can't they can't pass a law that punishes you for something you did in the past. All oh, right, there's a precedent about it. The the reason that happened was because what they decided to do was they Arden worked workday was like okay some drugs are bad we should probably make them illegal yeah so what they did was they literally passed a law that had like a list of drugs it was like okay cocaine like marijuana. All of them. All the deadly ones. That all the, all the deadly ones, absolutely, were, were illegal. And so they said, so this was passed as a law, and there was nothing wrong with that law. But they obviously said, well, what happens if a new drug comes through that we don't know about, and we're going to have to ban it? So what they said was, in the in the act, the minister whoever whatever yeah. minister it was minister of justice can say oh yeah i'm going to add like uh, this new pill onto the list so that it would become illegal so what that's called is the fancy term is secondary legislation right it's basically like the our parliament didn't pass a new law every time a drug had to be put yeah, onto the list. added to the old list yeah so basically in the end of it, it, it this court said that the it was the minister went too far and it was unconstitutional every time he made and put a new drug onto the list. The original list was fine, but every time the minister amended the list to add a new drug, that he that was beyond his powers. It would have to be the parliament would have to explicitly say what was illegal or not. So that's as a result of that, that's why it was legal for a bit. So I suppose in a way it's
2: it's almost like if the was it the Minister for Justice said that coffee is a drug,
1: caffeine, that would kinda yeah, like the, originally it was the minister would just like obviously someone would kind of go to the guards or whatever. Is like, oh, they're bringing in like this new like kid. that crocodile one that fucking eats your, your yeah. skin or some shit. So they they so they anyway they passed the emergency. thing, Now it's it's fine. It's dealt with now. In a constitutional way, but there's other kind of weird cases like that, Stu, where there, there was a very famous one where, uh, during our struggle for independence, um, obviously De Valais and a few people went to America and they raised like a lot of money for, you know, send for the, for the money for the struggle, you know, yeah. send, send it over to Ireland for like Sinn Fein, the political party that was leading it in the volunteers and the IRA, the old IRA and all that. So a load of the money was held in trust. And obviously we had a little bit of a civil war and Sinn Féin split, and there was all these things. So all that money was kind of put into a special trust, and they said, look, we're, we're just going to give it to the High Court to kind of keep an eye until we can get this whole war sorted out. So when they finally went to try and to, to get it, because Sinn Féin had split at this point, Comen and Gael, which is currently Fine Gael, became the pro-treaty side. They were the government, but and the original Sinn Féin, who they said they were, were like, oh, we'd like our money back, please. So the court said, mm, "We better. We, we're not sure if we can give it to you. And then... The Sinn fein split into Fianna Fáil and <laughs> Sinn Féin. And then they, they put, the two of them were trying to claim the money. And eventually the Supreme Court said, yeah, actually, neither of you are legitimately Sinn Féin. <laughs> so we're just going to keep the money. And the, the money ended up being used purely on court fees first. Nice. So by the time they got to there was no money left. <laughs> so uh, I just looked up
2: there. There's a, a list of a few different weird Irish laws. So I'll go down through a few of them. So it starts with Brehan Laws.
1: They were like the original ones. Yeah, the original.
2: Yeah, so uh, the Brehens were kind of, uh, it means judges. Yeah. So they would have been kind of old Irish before. The English kind of took over
1: it. It was kind of a traditional thing. It was It was like we had kind of families, you know, in Ireland at the time, in different clans. And, like, so you'd have, like, people who'd be, oh, we are, like, the the poets and we're, like, yeah. the the artists. And they'd be, like, the Bretons, the judges. And they would it would kind of pass down. And, you know, we didn't use, like, a direct. Your eldest son would do it. We used it as one called Tannistry, which is, like, you get to kind of pick your successor from, like, amongst your, your children or grandchildren or even your uncle. It was whoever from your family but whoever was felt to be best yeah so
2: uh here's just a a few of the odd ones from back i think this is like pre-17th century probably (laughs) so uh very weird one so if a pregnant woman craves a morsel of food and her husband withholds it through stinginess or neglect he must pay a fine well there you go (laughs) i mean what a law i mean apparently it happened commonly enough that it had to be a law yeah, I mean, not saying that you she you should be fed, just like, oh, we're going we're <laughs> yeah, to take a we're fiber gonna off. I'm like, <laughs> not going to give her any food around the money, but we get some money. So then we have, a cow must not be exposed to wild dogs or pirates. I'm pretty sure
1: that might still be on the books too. <laughs> it's just like these things that apparently were so common that they had to make a law about it. I believe like the, obviously when we became an independent country, this it plays a point in the film that we have like, a written constitution where the English don't we, we couldn't just like start from scratch when we set up when this state was set up so they were kind of like we'll keep some British laws like that applied to Ireland on the books yeah, in a easier sense than so like to go it all again. yeah so like there's there certain laws which now we've kind of written some and there's like okay this British law that applies to this particular thing we're going to re- rewrite it into like an Irish law that applies to our constitution and all yeah. that but there's still some of the older laws that do apply like some of our local government is subject to older acts and so like how like Limerick can call itself a city is to do with the royal charter and things like that yeah. not, not what the, the state just kind of goes yeah that's fine but I believe the oldest law that's still in operation in this country is from about the thir- 1300s and right. it deals with the management of horses in Dublin city I believe <laughs> okay so I, I think it's the oldest law it's something like 1302 or something so this would have been like really early Irish Parliament but apparently it's still on the books in some states. Good, just in case it ever comes up again. I stand to be corrected on that by a a more learned person than myself but that was what Google told me.
2: So uh, then we have a layman may drink six pints with his dinner but a monk must only drink three. Well I'm glad we're not monks too. Yeah, thank God. This was so he could return to prayer unintoxicated. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sure, depending on, you know, the the, the food that he's eaten, because it's a monk, so it might be the best soakage for a meal.
1: Well, I mean, we we know a thing or two about substantial meals now, Steve, oh, yeah. and, and a few drinks, given the... But uh, that's what's alcoholic. great, it's like,
2: you know, now you can't even have a, a sip of alcohol and then get into a car... Or you're over the limit. Mm. But back in the day, it's like, three points, not intoxicated, you're fine. You're going to drive, you're going to do whatever you, whatever cart you have there, drive on it's home. like, you better not be praying after that. <laughs> <laughs> after the fourth, by the After the fourth. It's like the uh, the Libriati the in nice uh, Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the last one for Brehens is, when you become old, your family must provide you with one oat cake a day, plus a container of sour milk. I mean, you have to be sour milk still, sure. I mean... It's a little sad that it has to be sour milk, but at least it's something. It's like basically uh, an old kind of pension.
1: Yeah, and it, we, we've moved it on a little bit from pension since then, so yeah. I, I, I can uh, reliably assure you.
2: Okay, so then we have a few from Trinity College. Oh, fine institution. Of course. Uh, i mean, the pub now in Rome, but not the... Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is illegal for a student to walk through Trinity College without their sword. I think I've seen my girlfriend do that before. <laughs> well, you'd hope, otherwise she'd be arrested. But how embarrassing to leave your dorm without a sword. Well, we didn't you were... do that, Newell, I can tell you that. <laughs> this one's great. Students of Trinity College have the right to demand... And you should tell this one to your girlfriend. Yeah. A glass of wine during an exam.
1: No, this is an old one. Like, this is apparently still people... It's specifically scholars right. during their exams. Apparently, that's still allowable. Like, people used to do it as kind of a piss take. But apparently, it's still, you know... They don't really honour it, but you could still do it if you're, if you're yeah. elected a scholar, of course, too.
2: Uh, let's see what else we have. Oh, I heard about that one already. The, the Cinema Order of 1991. So, in Northern Ireland, I think it was... Uh the Sabbath being a holy day, they made it illegal to go to the cinema on a Sunday. Of course, yeah, yeah. This a, is like
1: no, like nineteen ninety one for some reason. That doesn't surprise me because I, I I think we're from a very kind of Catholic country we grew up in, but like the north is more Protestant, although not across one specific denomination, and particularly some of them are, um, would be more kind of puritanical in a sense sure, that they yeah. wouldn't really want to be doing these things, or even some Catholics, if you like, that's oh, just, just a few pictures, of your uh, father, you know,
2: yeah. Uh, another one that's just great. I mean, obviously, we're out of Trinity, which I should have said, but, uh, <laughs> these aren't just Trinity laws now, but uh, this one, which you know, just shows how great our lawmakers are. So, up until 1964 the punishment for attempting suicide was death by hanging
1: that's right that was a originally a british thing actually i know but it's just ridiculous i mean come on it was seen as the reason behind it was if if you committed suicide you'd it was immortal and you'd go straight to hell if the government killed you it was you know you'd at least seek redemption in the eyes of the lord i think is roughly what it was Something like that. Yeah. I'm not a religious nor legal scholar, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's
2: just nonsense. Uh, if a leprechaun shows up at your door, old Irish law requires you to feed him
1: a part of your dinner. Fair enough. I mean, if, if I, a leprechaun turned up at my door, I'd at the very least invite him in for a few yeah, drinks.
2: I mean, like, it's the law. You have to... At least give him part of your dinner. I mean I, could,
1: I, I, think, I mean... I think I'd give him his own dinner. So. Terrible host would you be to not <laughs> offer him some food. Yeah.
2: But I think that would probably do... For those weird, weird laws that we have in this country. Yes. At least we have one, or had one, that was specifically about leprechauns. Well, we have
1: to just in case, too. Yeah. Just in case. Who knows. So, we'll get into the movie itself. This week we're doing Evelyn... Yep, the two thousand and two yep. Irish film. As there are a lot of films called Evelyn, as, we, <laughs> as discovered, we discovered. It was. I did manage to get like a correct copy of it on uh, YouTube, of all places. You can rent a movie on YouTube for like three quid. Oh, that's not bad. So that's a. It was actually perfect quality. I mean, I'd, I'd recommend. It's actually not yeah, a bad I way. Know, of doing they do it.
2: that a lot, where you're watching the trailer and it's like you could buy this movie right now. Yeah. Just I suppose clever in its own way. So Evelyn is the story of a man whose wife runs wa- away. Desmond Doyle is your yeah. man's name. Yeah, he runs away with a, a man to Australia in the, yep movie. But I think it was the UK in the book. In the yeah, there's, story, I should say there is story. There like was the some
1: book. there were some liberties taken in the the film, like the the actual story. Um, yeah. some of them are understandable. Like, for example, in real life, Desmond Doyle and his wife had six children. Yeah, well, there's you know, only three in the film. I can understand that we'll, to a we'll certain get the extent. Rest of the plot. We can,
2: yeah. we can go into. But so after that, the grandmother. Of, or the the mother's mother, I should say, the, the maternal, maternal the grandmother. Yeah. yeah, rats out uh, Desmond for being a single father with no income at the time. Yeah, and so the children get taken away. The two sons go to a Christian Brothers school, and the daughter Evelyn goes namesake go yeah. of the movie goes off to a convent nuns school. Convent. Yeah. and uh, so it's basically his his struggle to try to get them back. And first off, this movie starts so dark. It does. Oh, the yeah. first half an hour, I was in misery. I don't think we'll do spoilers or non-spoilers because it's kind of, it's fairly cut and dry as to what happens. Yeah.
1: But, uh, like, based on a true story, my God, the start of this movie is hard watch. It is, and it, it it's, uh, you know, I watched this when it came out, like, when I was quite younger a couple of times, and it's, you know, you kind of relate, because the, the actress is Evelyn, I was about the same age as her when this came out, I think. So, I, I, obviously, yeah. I can relate to that, but... Yeah, it it shows a dark side of Ireland that we we're going to have to talk about at some point during mm. this podcast, I think. And yeah, now it doesn't go f- as dark as some other films like the Magdalene Sisters, for example, which shows, yeah. them. you know, really shows a, a much darker side to that. Or even like Song for a Raggy Boy, which has uh, one of the main actors in that as well. But um, Jesus, it's yeah, there are like lighter moments in it as well. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, but, obviously, like for mm, this, the ending mm. is good. Yeah, it's it's a happy ending in the
2: end, but my God, just there are parts where your blood boils, there are parts where you feel really angry, sad, angry, upset. It's just, it's very hard. I mean, so we'll get in, the director anyway was Bruce Beresford, I think. Uh, I think he would be probably best known for Driving Miss Daisy. Which is a very, very good film. Yes. Yep.
1: Um so he directed it I mean the film was directed beautifully. I don't know what else you can say about it. I think it was. I actually would say like it was I think it was written quite well too because I think there's some great lines in this film I've of some of them I think and they're just delivered perfectly.
2: Yeah, there was some there was a lot of love and care taken to, to how it looked and like the sets and stuff were really well done, especially like we've been in some
1: of the houses in the likes of Dublin and they do look very, like those are spot on. And they use like a lot of real locations. Like I think I I didn't bother to check exactly where the pub was. It looked like it was Toner's at one point, but it actually isn't. But it, that looks like a very Dublin pub, I must say. Yeah, as where a lot of the film is said. as it. And as even even with that, like obviously I don't think any of us have been
2: further afield than most of Europe, but maybe only Ireland and England really have those kind of beer spirits, wine kind of uh, the the glass panes. Yeah, it's
1: a, it's a, it's actually quite handy in the areas of, of social distancing now because yeah. they 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 are like built-in partitions to the the old pubs, so they don't need to build a new one. <laughs> yeah, great. Uh,
2: so main star is Pierce Brosnan, who plays Desmond Doyle. Uh, I think you'll know him from a little thing called James Bond 007.
1: Uh Yes, I and a uh, few. Have rep- you heard of it? Uh, heard? I think we have. I, I I think this is this is kind of funnily turned into our second film starring a singing James Bond. Yeah. After Terry O'Gill, and I, I mean, see, Pierce obviously did sing in "Mamma Mia" of course as well, but I think this is the first time he sang on screen. He doesn't do a bad job. Yeah, he I does gotta pretty say. good.
2: Yeah. Uh, he also does a pretty good. Like I know it's it, not exactly a Dublin accent, but it's it's quite. He see, it's close enough to a Dublin accent. That you see, he, he has uh,
1: Pierce actually did spend some of his youth in Navan because right. uh, he actually was a bit of somewhat estranged from his father. Actually, only he, he met him a lot later in life. And he related a lot to this film. He actually really pushed to get this made. Because yeah. Eve- Evelyn Doyle, who had written a, te- a teleplay about this, um, it didn't really take off. But Pierce heard about this, read it, and he rang her up and was like, I'd like to make this. Which interrupted her watching Star Trek, of which she was a massive fan. Which <laughs> annoyed her until she realised, oh, it's Pierce Brosnan. And woman. she was like, oh, well, I don't need, uh, be any woman in this country be only too happy to take a call from Pierce Brosnan, she said. Yeah, there's some,
2: like, those are some of the best stories, I think, uh, One of my favourite ones of, of someone like almost missing out on a big opportunity has to be Henry Cavill. When he got the call to play Superman, he was playing World of Warcraft. Yep. And he missed the call. <laughs> it's just, it's like, my God, like, like Henry Cavill was playing World of Warcraft. For one thing, sounds nonsense. It's like, like that he misses the call to be Superman because he's like in a raid or something in WoW.
1: It, it's, it's like that story when you find out that Judy Dench is a big Dungeons and Dragons fan because mm-hmm. Vin Diesel got her into it. Yeah, which oh, just raises more questions. She's <laughs> <laughs> just fantastic
2: when you find out that yeah. some of the biggest stars are real nerds. Like, like Joe Manganiello and a few others, they like have a, a secret like D and D game. They do. And yeah, it's like, God it's damn, that'd be great. Crack oh, be you'd,
1: you'd love it. So then uh, we have Sophie Vavasour. I think as Evelyn, she is Irish. Actually, I think I think she has like a French father or something. But she, she did a very very good job. Yeah, like for, for, for a child actor, very good. I I, mean, I, like, I think like she gives some really. I mean, I gotta praise her in this. I think you really get the emotion off of her, and she's not like wooden at all in this. I no, think no, there, no, she, it, does, she does a like as a child actress, goes outstanding job. I would have said. very
2: good. Uh, she's been in the nice like, Resident Evil. I think she was uh, she was the child in the very first around, one. Yeah, I think yeah, and I remember that, which is pretty cool. And uh, she was also in uh, Le Miserable, I don't think the newest one, but
1: I yeah, I think I, the two thousand and nine one. It was. I don't think she's acts anymore. I, I I looked her Not up on Wikipedia, much. and I didn't really see anything terribly recent. I think she is just. I think she's studying. Like,
2: well, she, look good yeah. for her. I mean, she must be around our age. I think she is our age, yeah. So, uh, then the last kind of major one, like, there's so many actors in this, it would take yep. a while to go through. But the the last big one, anyway, is of course Frank Kelly playing Henry Doyle.
1: A very different character from oh, Father yeah. Jack, but he I think he comes across fantastic in this film as like the kind of doting grandfather. And I think it's, what I remember about this film, I saw this one it came out, like with my mother. and we used to love watching this, like on video, like renting a video from Extravision back in the day. When yeah. This came out. Um, really, just how warm a, per- a person he is oh, on he's the screen. So lovely. He's nice? just such a. He's just. He doesn't. I don't feel he needs to act at all to be like the loving granddad because oh, yeah, you just, the just contrast feel with it with him yeah. and Father Jack. Like it's. it's he's a outst- different people. He was an outstanding actor, and I think you really feel for his character in this film because he is doing like. Oh, every scene he is just him and Evelyn, I think, is just so sweet and wonderful. He's also got some great lines in this film, oh, yeah. which we'll go through. I just think he's a perfect. I think it's worth just saying as well, Stephen Ree as well, playing Beatty, the solicitor. Uh, he's another fantastic yes. Northern Ireland actor. He's a really underrated actor. I, I think most people might know him. He played the cop in V for Vendetta.
2: Oh, right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah and, and a few other things. And of course, I think Aiden Quinn, who was the, I suppose, the second biggest kind of internationally after Pierce Brosnan, who plays the, the barrister, um, as a Tom, the American fella. Oh, yes. yes. He, he's quite, he's in it as well. He's quite good. He's, he's done a few things. Um, the other, he was in Michael Collins as well, another, irish film as well he, he plays harry boland he was also in song for raggy boy as well where he plays a priest dealing with these kind of things with institution abuse as well so I, I just thought it was worth bringing up that film because he actually has played irish characters before and it was actually something i would just point out that like he is irish american as you'd guess by the maiden Quinn. yeah but he's actually played irish characters before with quite good accent work but it, i just found it interesting he, he actually plays an american in this film
2: yeah, so i don't a really
1: good job yeah I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, I think that like,
2: American guy plays a really good American.
1: He does. No. Well, I I was just kind of just contrasting. Like, I've seen him do actually play as an Irish character in films before set in Ireland, and he does a really good job with the accent. I just thought, I just maybe I don't really know why he played an American in this film where it doesn't really call for it in the plot. So, yeah. But anyway, so
2: before we get into the actual movie, the one thing I do want to highlight is that I noticed some of the soundtrack for this is actually
1: wonderful. It's re- it's the, the music in this is very very good. Like,
2: it's it's not often that I I notice a soundtrack because I, I know there's a lot of people who kind of feel that the soundtrack's meant to be like there in the background and not really noticed. Mm. But it would be wrong to not have it. But at, like at the at the very poignant moments in the movie, a song plays and it's kind of it's, it's like yeah. musical or whatever. But I realize that it's actually Raglan Road.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's, it, that's so lovely. It's the, the tune from Raglan Road. It, it, it was, Raglan Road was originally a poem that was put to a tune. The tune is actually called The Dawning of the Day. That's yeah. the, that's what it's called. But even like the other bits, how like the parting glass is kind of a, is, is sung constantly by Desmond as kind of, um, almost like a set piece. It actually is between the different acts of the film are almost closed by him singing the parting glass or referencing the lyrics of the parting glass. And I think it's even like the bits where he's singing in the pub and stuff, it's very well done. I mean, I actually gotta agree, you still the, the soundtrack in this and the production, it's really, really underrated film I think, just oh, yeah. because the amount of effort that was put in to do this, this was done really, really well. <laughs> yeah, beautiful film. I mean, even
2: you know, to to get right into it, the start of the film, you have some lovely Irish photos Of old school, old, old, yeah, exactly, old Dublin. And then like one or two, there's one that's kind of
1: a a new photo that with Pierce Brosnan and and the kids. Yeah. And they kind
2: of, they make it look old.
1: What I I think I love as well is and, and I suppose this is kind of to do with the setting like a lot of the places they they go into like the pubs and stuff they look the exact same today just because like this was this is set in like the early to mid 1950s like yeah. the time frame of this film is a, is condensed down from how long it took in real life basically yeah things take a lot longer in real life they do you, you, you would not get justice to the supreme court that quickly it usually takes a couple of years <laughs> yeah this
2: basically takes place over one year between christmases
1: yeah which it it didn't it 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 took about the 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 main Supreme Court case, and this was in 1955. Um, Desmond first petitioned in 1953, but even that was quite quick in in, yeah. in a certain sense. But I I think the setting and everything else is just very well done. I I love the um you know they they're living in fatima mansions, uh, and I recognise that straight away because I yeah I pretty sure I've been past them before. Yeah, and, sure. it, and I thought. Oh, those are too modern, surely. They weren't built at the time this was settled into it. Oh, actually, they were built in the late 30s, early 40s. And I was like, oh, so those are actually modern at the time. Yeah. Were like,
2: they they're... actually living there, or was that just where they... As
1: far as I can see, they were. Yeah, well, there's other things about their living arrangements we'll, we'll get into in a little bit yeah. that they were changed slightly. Um, I, I will say that I, I didn't read the book that Evelyn herself actually wrote about this, because it's a I, I don't think i could have been able to read that in a week Stu. Well, <laughs> well if you
2: got the audiobook and just I got it.
1: the yeah, i got the i got the gist of it though and there there are certain things that were changed for this like i mentioned there were actually six kids but i can understand as a directorial choice. Yeah, i mean six kids might be too, particularly when it's based around Evelyn the daughter. So just
2: if there were six kids was it uh five boys and one girl or I think what so. Was the mix? She
1: had she did have two brothers, the youngest was I think um, Devlin, I think, is what he was. I'm not too... Something like that, or Dermot. Um, I think it was... She was the only daughter, from what I could see, but there were six of them. I I stand to be corrected on that, but it's actually hard to find out the information about the other kids, because she's... Like I'm sure it's in the book, but I yeah. I, I wasn't. I mean, to I book. mean, look,
2: if I popped out six kids, I'd probably be on the way out of there as well. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know if we, if we want to talk about the the real story now, or do we want to go into the film first? Uh, or... we'll,
2: we'll go through the film and kind yeah. of if you have points at certain. Yeah. No, that's fine. nice I mean, like you know, it, it's all just fantastic. I mean, one thing that uh, reminded me of you know stories <laughs> that my own parents said is the uh the pile into one room it's like all yeah, three, all yeah all three kids live in the one small room and you can see like the beds are practically on top of each other and even my own mother used to always talk about how like I think she had to share a bed with one of my aunts yeah that was just the way it was like there was no space tiny houses and obviously they're living
1: in flats so it's even <laughs> yeah. smaller like my father has uh, two brothers and three sisters and they didn't live in a massive house so that mm. was the stories he told me so I've seen the house that grew up in because like my nana still lives there and I'm like how did you fit into like three bedrooms, all six of you? There was no choice back then. It was just <laughs> this is where you sleep now. Yeah. This is your bunk mate. So I thought but that's oddly kind of heartwarming. I I, liked, I really like the start of the film where like they're Christmas. And you see the mother is like in the pub talking to someone and Desmond yeah, goes you off and gets her. You, you kind of get the tension from the very start. And then like I love when Frank Kelly's character, the granddad, comes over. It's just so, from the minute, like you your granddad and then yeah. you open. So the second he comes on screen, he's just got such a warm, yeah. lovely presence. Oh, it's but just I, brilliant. But even
2: with that, that, that actually reminded me of another thing. Is that he, Frank Kelly comes in and he hands them all like the same thing. Yeah. And it just, like, it hit me a little bit because it reminded me of my own grandfather yeah. back when I was a kid. Because, like, he had at least nine, maybe ten grandkids. Yep. If I'm even remembering right, it might not be. Um. And so what he'd do is he'd just go into, like, the pound shop and buy, like... The same a, thing. He'd buy a case of uh the... What's the... the brain's gone dead. Uh, (laughs) selection boxes. right And so he just have like a case of selection boxes. Yeah. And everyone will get one. So it's that that kind of like, you know, you're a grandfather, you have a lot of a lot of young kids to to get a present for. I'm getting them the same thing.
1: Absolutely. And I'm just getting a lot of it. I love as well like where like the one of the, the 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 sons, I'm not sure which one. And he's like, Oh, didn't you get like he has like a model train? He's like, Why didn't you get the why didn't Santa bring yeah, the carriages like a through line? And he's like, in the movie. Oh, Santa couldn't afford the carriages this year, he has to feed the elves. Which I think it's yeah, like, mean, Yeah,
2: we we've all gotten those kind of yeah. stories where it's like we've asked for something way too big
1: Absolutely. or too much.
2: And it's like, well why didn't I get this now? And then they just have to kind of concoct a, a story. I just why. think as
1: well, I, I must credit like Pierce Brosnan's acting in this film, it's very oh, good. He's, fantastic. He's, he's he really sells this whole the, the torment and the pain. Yeah, but and even everything. like but even like some of the comments like it's like, oh he's a charmer and like even like one of the the bar girl, b uh, yeah. beaty's uh, sister is like I was like, oh, he's very charming. you See, he is. It's just like everything he does; like he can, he's just charming. Or even after, like when he's a bit drunk, and he's just so nice to the kids. He's just got like such a a, a great kind of range in this film. I think he like, and I love. There's a later scene where we'll talk about where he gives like a, a great speech when he's in the river. And oh yeah, that's fantastic. He is Pierce Brosnan. This is genuinely one of his most underrated films. I think he comes out of this fantastically because like this came out the same year as Die Another Day. Really? Not one, yeah, two thousand and two. And I, I had. I remember convincing her to get this film because she she said, "Oh, it sounds like Ranty. I was like, "Oh, James Bond is in it because I love Bond at the time." Had like diner today in video, and I was like, "It was very different movie." It's a very different (laughs) film, but I think it just kind of credits that he has like the charm from Bond, along with some of the passion, like going after his kids. Really, this is like a fantastic film to like show his acting range. Cannot credit him enough. In I don't this know, I think
2: someone should uh, mash the two together. So you die another day, he, like kicks into the nunnery, start shooting all the nuns. <laughs> <laughs> <da>, <laughs> or oh, just do like,
1: you know, like golden eye like, like shooting up the <laughs> street
2: to <defense. laughs> You could do something with that. So yeah, I mean like the, the scene just where uh, Evelyn comes out to meet her friend and sees the mother running off. It's really heartbreaking to watch. And, like, you know, she oh, like, runs
1: back to get the her, father. Her first thought is, like, oh, Ma'am, it's Stevensy. here. The shops aren't open. Yeah, like, it's like so oh, that she doesn't realise what's happening. And it's so, and I think it's that's, like, the last time you see the mother for the rest of the film. Yeah. So, like, she's basically a silent character. Oh, yeah, of course.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, the like the next scene is, is Pierce Brosnan cutting the mother's face out of photographs, which is once... It, like and, like, just, try,
1: trying to make himself a cup of tea and burn himself.
2: Yeah, like, they just... Like, the corkscrews are in, and they just twist they really they really get across the pain in this movie so quickly. And, yeah. you know, the very next is like the SPC. The, the SPCC are coming along Child try protective services because the grandmother... The CPS in around.
1: America are like the child. They, they're they're not technically a state agency, but they basically are. It's yeah. complicated. But, um, because like they, the, the... Charlotte is actually the wife's name in real life. I don't know if right. she's called that in the film. Her mother, their, their kid's... Uh, Nana On on the mother's side Is like said Oh he, the wife has gone off And the inspector comes over So like And he goes Oh we better get the nuns in And the nuns go in and check it And then People go- are clean in the house They do yeah
2: The, the tree in the bath Which would have also been Something that happened yeah. Even up to the 50s Where it's like Look Absolutely. We, we only have enough Hot water for one bath, so the That's three of you are getting washed together.
1: And I like as well when he goes over, like the nanas says, "Oh, where did he go after?" It's like he's English, isn't he, and all this stuff. Yeah, try to uh, figure it out. A nice little tidbit, actually. That isn't um, <laughs> this isn't in the this isn't portrayed in the film. The person she ran off with was actually Desmond Doyle's cousin.
2: Oh God. <laughs> Oh, that's even worse.
1: Yeah, so they, there's, um, yeah, I, I actually had to double check that, but no, apparently it was his second cousin. And they went off to England and, and uh, not Australia in real life and had a second family. Fuck. Yeah. So um, there you go.
2: Yeah, so then the, the kids were all sent away the two boys, to the Christian brothers. Well, they go
1: to, they go to court first. Yeah. And then, they then they're, they're sent off, um, which is accurate. Like, I mean, like, like, you like, he's studied law and is like training to be a solicitor did kind of give me feedback on some of the legal things in this scene. This bit is actually fine. There's nothing wrong with this. It's a district court, which is the lowest level of courts here. I'll, I'll, as we kind of go on, I'll kind of talk about, Roughly about how the legal system in this country works, and not in brief t- not detail. not, ter- not <laughs> terribly long detail now, but basically, the district court is the lowest level of court, so it's kind of right it would just be in front of a judge like there's someone from the state there and there'd be like him you wouldn't have really you wouldn't really have a lawyer with you it's generally for kind of you know traffic offenses that kind of thing. you wouldn't normally have a lawyer there The judge would kind of just make a decision that da, da, da. you have the circuit court above that where you kind of have the jury and then later on we get to the high court and then the Supreme court and as we kind of get to that i'll talk about them a bit more but that's sort of the way the the court system works and yeah slowly working his way up yeah um yeah so you know we
2: get that scene, them just being taken away and uh, Pierce Brosnan's character goes off with the two boys and Frank yeah. Kelly goes and with Evelyn. Evelyn and that's when you get the... No, is it later on you get the scene with the, the angel rays, is it? Is no, it that's back?
1: that's then. Yeah. That's then when he, he when the granda goes to Evelyn like you see the angel rays coming and that's your guardian angel. Yeah, so an like eye the, and
2: you. the rays of sunlight through the trees. And... and it's a
1: lovely recurring theme through the film as well. Yeah, obviously um, it really becomes nice. way more poignant later on. Uh, there's a. I think there's an, a nice little thing as well, and I, I, I presume this was intentional, where... So obviously, the other thing kind of worth noting is that the judge sends the two boys off to Kilkenny, like which is yeah. nowhere near Dublin. That's actually quite... That's the other side of the country, almost, where Evelyn gets to stay in Dublin. So it's actually more inconvenient that he can't see his sons, like, as well. Yeah. They're much further away. So yeah but as well it's a little thing but when you see Evelyn in particular the when you know her her grandfather are going into the the convent school it's just like they're sitting there in this massive ornate room with a big fire and it's such a contrast to where they're living yeah. and i think that's a. I think that was maybe a deliberate kind of choice to kind of say oh they're preaching about god and obviously this is the thing about they're preaching about like non and god loves you and beating the crap out of these kids later and they're living in this opulence where you know the doyles are like in extreme poverty but, yeah. but he's trying the best he can but for his like, kids, and it's such a contrast. There,
2: there's even a contrast between the two places that they're sent. Like, obviously, later on in history, we found out that things weren't as they seemed. No. But you see the Christian Brothers school. It's like everyone's outside. They're all playing sports and having yep. a great time. And then the nunnery is very stark. It and is. nothing's really
1: happening. It, it's very... E- still. Even, even when, you know... It, Evelyn first goes to sit down next to the other girl, and and, and you just see all of the the girls. In yeah, that there's thing. there's a ton of them. It's and, so many. And then she says, oh, "I won't be here very long." How have you been here? And she goes, oh, six six months or oh, six years." And it, yeah. it's kind of the whole thing of they weren't getting out of there. Like, oh, yeah. was, it's like
2: if he hadn't done that. They probably would have been there until they were, uh,
1: what is it, emancipated? They say or... they say 16, but there's a, quite a chance that they were causing trouble. Then they wouldn't be, they'd be put into Magdalene Laundry, which is a separate thing we will discuss in a later yeah. episode in greater detail. But We've mentioned you, them before. We've mentioned them, but bef- they're not great. And Basically, once you get into the Magdalene Laundry, there's are not take.
2: Magdalene Laundry is not great. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> bite, <laughs> biting, the biting political <laughs> satire.
1: But um, once you got into them, you, you, you didn't get out. Yeah. That was kind of the thing. <laughs>
2: Uh, I thought it was hilarious though we have another uh, Boxing Priest
1: I thought yeah that's I, I think
2: we're gonna as we go through more movies we're gonna have to keep an eye out for this we have like Father Ali over here it's yeah. <laughs> 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 just mere right, hook on to fucking Pierce Brosnan. What I what
1: I quite like is he, he comes and asking for money for the black babies, which at the time that was quite accurate. Yeah. Like my grandfather, we won't go into this too much, but that was what they said at the time, like for the it was orphans and like somewhere in Africa, yeah, because like a load of Irish priests did go on like the missions there, as they said, as kind of things. As he dressed in in uh, dancing at lunasa, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. So that was accurate. actually. I mean, now we just have a troker box in every house. We too, <laughs> <laughs> I
2: haven't had one in a while actually. Yeah, I suppose probably... back when we were in primary school, we've been.
1: It was like, a, you, you, we got like these, people we went to, well, I went to a Catholic school, you went to a non-denominational primary school, but we got like these, Troker is an Irish charity and it sends like, you know, you put money to send off to.
0: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you.
1: poor people in Africa mostly, uh, through the, the the Catholic missions basically, it was set up by a priest so we get like these boxes and the idea is you put in like you know, a pound or a ore or whatever each day and you'd have it in your house and you'd all bring it back into the at the end of uh, Lent yeah, and, it a good way of it. and it was a good way of doing it we did make a fair bit of money off of it
0: uh,
2: So then we see more of the, the, the convent and even just, just how strict the nuns are they're kind of, they're just I mean, I think we've mentioned it before from our own mothers, uh, what they experienced in their time, but just how often these people were. I mean, for people yeah. who were supposedly highly religious and... and you expect that to marry Married to, be, to, married married to God, God and all that, which is what uh, the
1: grandfather says, it's like, yeah. oh, they're, they're brides of Christ. Yeah, and you yeah. expect them to be lovely, wholesome people, but, like, she
2: can't even lie down the way she wants. You have to lie Because if you tempt the devil, you have to lie crazy. like you're in a fucking coffin. And it's just it's just... Like, so the awful. only
1: person that's any bit nice to her sister, Felicity. I, I suppose she's yeah. kind of seen as being the, you know, the wholesome nun who actually kind of takes Yeah, up. what you'd
2: expect a nun to be, like, I, really and, nice and, and the lovely.
1: And the, the reverend mother, I think, the main one, she, like, beats the crap out of her. She's, like, an awful wagon. Yeah. And it's even, like, the sad thing where, like, it comes up later, like, where she, she hits Evelyn and then obviously... Desmond yeah, I goes that's right. freaking nuts. I mean, like, that that's where my blood was fucking
2: boiling. Absolutely. I was, I was like, oh my God, if I was in that situation, I would fucking just wring her neck. I mean, it comes up later on, but like, he, he doesn't actually... like Later on, he's accused of, of strangling her, but he only holds her head. Yeah. And I was really annoyed when it happened later on because he's in the Supreme Court. And it's like, no, at least tell them that you didn't like, strangle her. I mean, surely someone can corroborate that she did not have a load of bruises on her neck. Well,
1: the other nuns couldn't say because oh, I know that, but like obviously you, you couldn't examine a nun in front of a doctor. That I'm not be, even saying that, uh, but
2: I mean, it, it, didn't she say that she went to the guards about it? I know, obviously, the guards might have been a, a little biased, or I don't think
1: she did go to the guards. But like I she, think said she, she said it. She said it, but a lot of what she says is lies because isn't like the Holy Evelyn's like, didn't you fall down yeah. and like hit your face and like, that's not what happened? And her nana like goes off of them in the court. <laughs> yeah, I mean but, that's
2: a good redemption, but
1: we'll get to that. Oh, yeah, oh no, we're base. gonna get to the spring. But yeah, scene, I mean, there's a lot to say in was, that.
2: you know. It's like Evelyn tries to stop the nun from uh slapping one of the other girls for forgetting something, and so it's like she's hitting her well, Oh, like She specifically,
1: it's specifically about it's one of the catechisms, catechism, I catechism. catechism, sorry. My anyway, he's a um, Protestant, it's different. Shut up, i <laughs> <laughs> not a frozen, um, but um. It's like, it was something about, like, is the Lord, like, loving and forgiving? And she says, yes, no, that's not a catechism. You have to say a problem. And then Evelyn gives out to, for hitting her for, like, a yeah, saying. with the strap of leather. With uh, a strap of leather. Like, because she is, they're talking about how merciful the Lord is. And it's like, you're married, you're a bride of Christ, and you're doing that. It's just that whole duality thing. It's just fucking Yeah, the contradiction like, of what I, they say and what they do
2: is, is really horrific. on display here. Yeah. And so she takes her outside and just wallops her in the face, like, looks
1: flat-handed. Yeah. It's very hard to watch this bit, but it, it it's it kind of just gives you like a hint of how bad things were. Yeah. Like this is quite mild compared to oh, yeah, some I of the other stories you'd hear. Hardly anything. I mean, I think
2: for for a lot of young people, I know my own mother. I think she might have been left-handed. Oh yeah, that's that was the, that's the out devil's of her.
1: hand. You can't sinister. literally in Latin, left-handed. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty
2: sure I figured out recently that I'm ambidextrous. Both hands are shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean seriously, I'm worst handwriting in history. It's like, yeah, I just realized that I can't write with either hand.
1: Yeah, so then like the next bit is like Desmond is like and his father are like, going around to pubs because like he says yeah, to the judges like oh, I'm there's, a, there's a job and a paint he's a painter and decorator, like he's And he's fantastic at it. He's yeah. really
2: good. I mean he does drawings and yeah. stuff.
1: And that, that actually was true, like he was able to do that, but it's he says, Oh, I'm waiting on a big job to start one of the old houses and which you do see throughout the film. Yeah. But he also goes, oh, I'm gonna go around pubs singing for money. Yeah. Which is like an old but, kind of Irish running show. But judge.
2: then they <laughs> accuse him of going around for for the drinking when they're talking to... He
1: was... He's certainly fond of the drink in the film. Yes. And certainly in real life, he was, from what I've well, read, I mean, look, fond of a few drinks.
2: One, he's Irish. Yeah. Which, you know, he's a given. But also, you just had your wife run off on you and...
1: Oh, no, I I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I do taken away. I don't... play that happened? My wife ran away from me, too. I definitely... i definitely text him and said, A few pints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a great bit as well where, like, the grandfather's visiting Evelyn. And obviously, the, the, the nana... Um, on the mother's side the two of them obviously he said I won't talk to her anymore yeah she's so sitting on the opposite side and then the like room. he's and then she goes down to talk to the granny. she comes back and says oh she got a letter from um, Sydney Sydney in Australia and he goes it's very warm in Australia there niggas and then she goes yeah and he goes you can tell your nana it's not as warm as the place her daughter's heading which yeah, I think oh, is a great line just
2: like the the, the biting kind of politest way of telling a child uh, uh, something to tell to the grandmother is there's some there are some great like, it? She, she asks about really. it later on. It's like, um, is it warm in Australia? No, no, no if you ask,
1: uh, it's eaten by a great white.
2: I, I hope you're, I hope the mother meets a great white. I think that's some kind of kangaroo or maybe <laughs> a koala. Just, it's just so <laughs> The innocence, but also like the great ways of kind of be the snide remarks that they were passing to each other.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just great. And I think Frank Kelly just sells that. Oh, line. yeah. The, the politeness
2: of how he's saying it to the child. <laughs> Your mother's going to
1: burn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that. It's it's very, it's very a very good scene. Um, yeah. I think it's acted perfectly between all of them. Um, sorry, Sister Bridget is the mean one. I does not remember I had to note of that there. Yeah. And there's a great... So then like Desmond goes off to the solicitor, who's the brother of the, the bar girl in the puppy frequency, yeah. who... Uh, his friend to be a chemist and helps him after the priest knocks the shite out of him. I love how he doesn't get thrown out of his pub because he's clearly worth a lot of money to them. Yeah, he, they're they're just like ah, just Desmond. He's, even like when he's leaving the pub after getting knocked out, revived, the priestess says sorry about that and blesses him and walks yeah. out. And then the barman says, i it see you, George?" I'll "See you later." Desi. <laughs> <laughs> love yeah, fine. Fight. I mean, look, fighting Irish and all that. So he, he meets the solicitor who, who's played by Aidan um, Quinn. Aiden Quinn, sorry, and, I think yeah, it is Aidan. It something is Aiden. Like that. It is Aiden Quinn. It is Aiden. No, sorry, Aiden Quinn is the barrister. My apology. Stephen Ria plays a solicitor.
2: I don't know. I'm sorry, to, yeah, to, yeah, I, I go
1: can... Sorry, you go see the solicitor Beattie, who's played by Stephen Ree, and I love how like he has the the educated Dublin accent. In kind yeah. of like you can tell he's. Upper, echelon. These upper echelons but there's actually good contrast with accents how like Desmond not was you know the more working class as does frank kelly whereas the all of the legal people kind of have posh Irish actions but all of the judges have english accents yeah. because it's a different generation all of the judges would have been trained under the british system would have probably be qualified as lawyers in in you know in the inns of court in the uk and then come back here at the time they were so senior and took over the irish thing it was just new things but it's a uh, it's it's a great line he the, when he talking is this about getting his kids back and he says well when your circumstances improve come back to me basically and he says a great line law and justice aren't always the same thing yeah and I think that's a very powerful line and it's very true as well It's true today yeah. yeah it is still very true today but it's it, it there's some great lines in this film it's very well written oh yeah there's I, some great actually stuff. have to say so then we get they're in the pub singing and like you know drunk driving and all that and then the the really bad bit in the film happens where. Frank kelly's character the granddad dies just upstairs. Well, just, just before that yeah. they, they try to break into the nun the oh conference. sorry my apologies yeah he so just
2: uses his, his uh pit and decorating ladder to climb up on the wall but yeah they've, they've greased the top of the wall
1: to, stop, they, to stop them escaping yeah. yeah i
2: mean look that's kind of a good thing because some places in ireland they literally uh, cement in of glass yeah it's like, well that's
1: one way of keeping me out i'm not fucking climbing
2: that like, it's around there in a few older buildings or walls, and it's just, it looks and an terrifying. Old, and an
1: old convent in Limerick, I think we're both familiar with this. Yeah, well. it looks terrifying.
2: Like, as a cage, you're walking past this thing with broken glass just sticking out of the, the top of the wall. Yeah. But yeah, he falls, thankfully, he falls backwards yep. out of the convent rather than in. <laughs> He's okay. He's I think with a drink he probably wouldn't feel it. Yeah, it was fine. That was funny as well. Just like the drink driving. Obviously, don't do that. We yeah. don't support that. But it was
1: just funny. Like, I'll be fine. I just like it's like I'm not drink driving. I drank earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But then obviously they they're back in the pub and they they finally yeah, they, finish with the the parting glass that theme song again good yeah. night and joy be with you all and Franklin says good night and then he just has the heart attack or yeah something just... happens and he just passes away it's right just there. so and like that but it's just so real though like because you can oh, see Pri- is. Pierce Brosnan is really sells this oh my god my fault like he's just there and the, get in, and the priest comes in then and like he's just like if you can hear me just say the, the last act of contrition yeah just like, like the last everyone thing in the pub
2: is dead silent they're Jesus. all watching this.
1: it's such it and I remember watching this when it first came out and like we were all like watching my mother and like my brother and sister and it was like they were all like really upset by yeah, that because it's just such moments. a gut and then they they had the funeral in Glasnevin Cemetery and like it's I like as well like it's it's done in Latin of course because mm-hmm. it would have like all the prison would have been done in Latin at the time and then you get the angel arrays again it's like oh again it's like oh Granda's still here Yeah, the angel Yeah. and then Pierce Brosnan notices as well and it's just like oh, <laughs> you know so you get the association that it all kind of ties up nicely it's, it's a really sad but very very sweet scene yeah wow. and then I suppose the next thing would be the uh
2: the barrister or whoever kind of cancelling on him saying that he's a Well, the solicitor, solicitor does he sorry, doesn't yeah.
1: he, he he doesn't know the american fella's a barrister yet because yeah, he doesn't I know there's a speak the speak talk in the garden. yeah but uh I'll, so the solicitor cancels on your man and he runs out to like him going
2: yeah. fishing and but i think <laughs> we can all have a collective wince at the barbed wire scene oh he's, he's climbing over a fence it's like no trespassers and it's barbed wire and you just hear like a little noise and he's just like pulling his pants out of the barbed wire. He's like, "Oh God!"
1: He's like right in the legs out. as yeah. well. It's like it was awful looking at it. And he like runs through like he's chased by dogs because like and yeah, he, and he runs goes into he, the water. And then he's like, "Oh, it's a client." And then here's one gives a fantastic speech. Oh, he, yeah. like in the waters at these two guys, and just goes off and like the American and him is like, "This is my family. It's more important." And yeah, what would you do if it was your <laughs> family? Absolutely, and plays. it's just great, it's wonderful. <clears throat> Considering he's standing knee deep in a river a lake. It, and like his, his, his like clothes are ripped and everything yeah. it's just such a brilliant like Pierce Brosnan is a brilliant actor and this is a fantastic one of his best scenes I can think of he's done like this is a brilliant dramatic work Um, I suppose at this point he finds out that the, the other fella is the American is actually a, is qualified as a barrister yeah basically. he makes him back at the flats. <clears throat> Uh just to kind of briefly talk about because I know Americans might get a bit confused by this Um, in this country we have two types of lawyers we have solicitors and barristers um, we kind of copy the British system of how that works. So in effect, he, he goes to Beatty, who is the solicitor first. And that's kind of how things work. If you, you always go to a solicitor and if it's like, if like, if you're buying a house or buying land or something, the solicitor will like, Oh, i get the, the contracts drawn up. I'll work with a few people and do that. And if you're in, like, a minor criminal case, the solicitor would go into, like, a lower court with you if you were, like, done for drink driving. Yeah. Something like that. And says, we're going, going with you, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, sorry, my client didn't do this and that, da, da, da. and that's how it works. But he even says, oh, I can't bring you to the high court because I don't have right of uh, entry there. And that's the whole point. A barrister, then, deals with more complicated issues around criminal law, and they're specifically allowed to go up to, like, the higher courts, like the high court and the Supreme Court courts, um, in, in this film so like you, you can't go directly to a barrister in this country you have to go through a solicitor but if it was like a very serious case you'd have the barrister in and they have then you can see like he he wears like the fancier kind of robes and he has the, the kind of fancier necktie and like wears oh, yeah. the wig um, we don't wig. the wigs are optional now but at the time it would have been correct to do that and also like addressing the judges as my lord that was a British thing we don't, we don't, we don't do that now. You, you, you would always say a judge, or if it's the president of the the high court, you'd say a president, or in IR you'd be president for a hook on. I mean, it must be cumbersome having the fedora on top of the wig, though. <laughs> my lord, it's um, <laughs> it's just the way it used to have been, But uh, that's that's kind of it. So now we get into the now. My, so my girlfriend is a lawyer, and I did ask her about some of these bits. So this is the legal kind of bit. Start now. So I'll kind of talk about how accurate some of them are. So the first thing they do is um. They go to the Minister for Education, who was would have been in charge of putting the, the children into this thing. And, and they're like, can I have my kids back? Yeah. Or, here are my lawyers. And he's like, basically, no, I'm not going to change things. Desmond has a great thing at the end. He's like, yeah, you're painting shite, by the way. <laughs> so <walks> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, because what is it? Like, the, the minister pretends to forget everyone's name. Yeah, really kind of insultingly. And, and then the American guy's like...
1: Mister. and Mister, uh, And then he just fucks off. And he's like, brilliant. Just, like, fuck with him right back. Because he goes, oh, what are you? Like, a, a painter and decorator? Because I'm a, I'm a craftsman. Master, Master craftsman. craftsman, yeah. And then he goes, by the way, minister, you're painting shite. And <laughs> fucks out. So then they, they, they decide they're going to go up against the thing. And... This is like where we get into the start of the legal thing. So, what they do is they he goes into the the convent and is like, "Can I have my daughter back, please? I'm requesting you to do that cuz I'm her parent." And they're like, "No." And then he goes, "Right, goes my sister is going to hand you a writ of habeas corpus and my barrister is going to to witness this." And he's like, "Witnessed and duly delivered." So, this is is the correct thing to do. Right. Uh, corpus literally means produce the body in Latin. It's it's generally a thing of give me this person so it's kind of used in several different contexts, but in in this specific case, it would be the correct thing to do. He's basically saying "I've instructed you to give me back my daughter you You're saying no, so I'm asking my lawyer to give you a legal thing saying producer or else we're going to go to court to settle this so that's yeah, that's that's, that's enough. Enough. Yeah, so yeah. that is actually correct so then they 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 go to the the papers to kind of try and get this out of bit and then they they go, they finally go to the high court after they meet the other the former rugby player who's yeah um,
2: yeah the former Connolly who's
1: was like former rugby player and they kind of bond over that and he's like a more of an expert in family law who's yeah, kind of their one, advisor. One thing that I think in
2: a future episode we'll definitely have to to do a nod to is the they talk a lot about saints in that scene. They do Saint yeah. Jude being the the saint of, of uh, last causes and policemen. All right, well <laughs> look, the Garda in this country are probably a last cause. Just put it yeah. out there. That's oh, my Jesus. hot take on that. <laughs> but it, like, it is a, a big thing in Ireland. Like, not so much now, but the the more religious older generations. If like, you
1: if you lose something, pray to Saint Anthony because yeah, he's the saint of like, lost there, things. There are
2: yeah. a number of saints who do various things, and you were instructed at times to pray to them depending yep. on
1: what you were in need of yeah so anyway they've ended up going to the the high court so this is the high court they're going to now this is above the, the level of court they were previously at and this is as, as like reliably informed by our, our counsel <laughs> for, for the show this is called a divisional sitting as in there are three judges yeah so basically they're going there they're basically saying they they're suing the state to kind of say can i have my children back and the argument they're using is that under the, the act in question, it's like he's asking for his kids back because the mother has gone away. In the state of arguing under the, the act, unless the mother has died, they require both of the parents' consent. Obviously, because she's unavailable, she's off in Australia. Yeah,
2: and, and the grandmother won't tell where she is. But the grandmother doesn't, I think the grandmother doesn't know where she
1: is. It's kind yeah, of, it's a bit she's hard just to say. So, hiding it or not. <laughs> the, the, the three judges rule that, um, with the way the act is written, like a plain reading of it is what they say, which is just they're, they're kind of they're not interpreting it; they're just saying the way it's written is clear. Yeah. And the three of them say, "Yeah, you you were saying the state is correct here. The minister was right in what he's doing. He's allowed to do what he's doing, so we're going to do that." They also do a thing where they say we're going to deny you the right of appeal because yeah, say, we're, we're not going to have this argument <laughs> again. Yeah, now some people might be like, "Oh, we well, you, you mean you can't appeal it?" And it's like, "What? There's I had to actually ask." <laughs> look like girlfriend about this part because I'm like but, but they do appeal it later it's like well they're allowed to say decline you to appeal but you're allowed to appeal their decision to decline you appeal yeah so what happened in real life was they they appealed that decision the way it's portrayed in the film from this point onwards is not legally accurate in a in a certain sense yeah, I mean you have to yeah. expect a certain level of uh, movie magic <laughs> Yeah when so are talking
2: about year long court cases.
1: Yeah so I mean there there is like bits of it where um sorry, I'm just trying to get yeah, it cough cough <laughs> yeah so basically yeah they can depending on the type of case you have asked the high court permission to appeal if they say no you can appeal the refusal is is the direct word. Yeah. Um the next bit is then the they meet the Connolly, the other barrister who's like gone back into coaching rugby now after his career was no, ended. No, actually, you're no. forgetting the bookie. Oh, the bookie turns up with some money. Just like <laughs> a real like turn in the film. Because obviously
2: you've just had like a really low point where they've lost the case. They're back then, in the pub drinking. Yeah, they're back in the pub. And then the bookie comes along and he's like, people were backing you. Here's I £600. Have, pounds. I've made a lot yeah. of money, here's £600. Pounds, which I assume must be a fortune Quite I didn't do the direct thing, but that would be a couple of grand anyway. Yeah, and uh so he also gives them the nod to use that six hundred to bet on a specific
1: dog, a dog which in he, the Greyhound races. Which we see that he kind of Yeah, he he draws the other dog. He, he kind of rigs the yeah, which is illegal by the way. No no, it's fine in this situation. It's like it, it's
2: the right kind of illegality, Stu. <laughs> yeah. The kind that helps. I mean, like if, if he put the whole six hundred pounds down on that, he must be a very wealthy man by the end of that movie. Yeah, I mean, like I, I'm sure he could. Yeah, um, yeah, but like it's weird then because like they win the the greyhound race, and like at that very moment, an Irish Times reporter is there, and he's like, "You have just made person of the year on Irish Times," and they take photos. It's like, why would they be there in the greyhound track to, to yeah. tell him this?
1: I'm pretty sure this didn't happen. Like, there's some bits with the me- like where. The other judge kind of says, "I'll go to my friend. I know he's a sports commentator." Yeah. So, firstly, there's a bit where he doesn't interview in television. As we discussed in our last episode, we didn't have television in this country at this point until 1962, so that didn't happen. There's no way in hell that they would inter- like they would interview someone in a, a live court case against the government like this when it's a state-funded broadcaster. Would not happen yeah, in the least part. Weird, but... Yeah, like I can understand the thing being in the newspaper, but on the radio and stuff like that, particularly like live broadcasting a Supreme Court decision like that, I don't think that happened at the time. Um, I can't find a clear record of it. I'm not saying it necessarily didn't, but I don't think it would have happened on like a live broadcast. Yeah, once again, it's artistic yeah. license. I mean, like, like, there you is have, you
2: have your man. I think it was the same guy from the the television show wandering around <laughs> with basically a massive broadcast. Back, yeah, back, I so don't he can like, I don't
1: know if that happened. I don't know if that really happened at the time if you could do that I'm I don't really, know either I'm really it's, not it's sure up, to be honest it's
2: like the first live streamer in history
1: is <laughs> yeah. wandering around I mean I used to work in well did some radio in college but I, I don't think we had a setup that would work in quite a way <laughs> um, it'd be great if you could it'd be great if you could so then they, they go to like the Connolly and he's like when he's he's, oh, he's playing rugby and he's going to get his passion back along yeah. with the now he certainly is fond of a few drinks as he's always been oh, yeah. on a sip flask in this so um, he's just like oh I've been reading the constitution let's go to Z- Supreme Court on this, and I challenged the actual saying the act that the minister used is unconstitutional. So this is kind of where the the legal issues kind of come up. So I I won't bore by going into too much detail, but basically the entire Supreme Court bit is completely uh, legally inaccurate. Right. In, in 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 real life, they did go to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court did strike down this as unconstitutional. It was a very important case, but not in the way it happened in this film. So, first and foremost, uh, you can't go directly to the Supreme Court on an issue like this. Um, there's only two case. There's only two things where you can go directly to the Supreme Court for. One of if determining if the president is incapacitated. The other is if the president personally refers a bill to the Supreme Court to check if it's constitutional before he signs it into law you can't go directly to the Supreme Court to say if something's unconstitutional. Um, you'd basically have to go to the High Court to do that. Um, True. So I, I, in, in the reality of the case, from what we were able to put together, he appealed the decision to not be able to appeal the original case on the grounds that it was unconstitutional, and that's how they got to the Supreme Court. Yeah, I can understand okay. for artistic license that they Just kind of broke of a, it a, down. Um, quicker.
2: Yep. one thing about the, uh, the, the rugby scene is that uh, the Yank actually says that rugby is Neanderthals' version of, of American football. Well, it's not that we don't get severely injured. <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, we'll disagree on that one. I know we have a lot of American listeners. I'm yeah. sure a lot of people out there do enjoy American football. But watch a few games of rugby and you see it's quicker paced, much better fun.
1: Like, it, it, it isn't like, oh, well, he's after stopping moving forward. We better take a very quick commercial break while they set up again. <laughs> or just <laughs> replay the exact same thing yeah. that happened ten times. Exactly. Uh, I, I, which I think is quite funny. But so the other thing, just to briefly kind of talk about, we'll talk about how moving some of the bits in the Supreme Court are with this cross-examination. But broadly speaking, that's completely inaccurate. Um, You cannot, you would not like cross-examine witnesses in the Supreme Court. Like literally my girlfriend said, it's a court of law, not a court of fact. So you would the Supreme Court would only be there to rule on is this law constitutional or not?
2: Yeah, I think you could probably say what they've done is they they've
1: mashed together the Appeal and this, maybe, into yeah, one it's effect. Kind of... it's, it's, it's very much more of a, a US kind of supreme court. or I mean, not even that, it's just kind of a thing where like cross examinations and stuff like this wouldn't have this would probably have been some of what maybe happened in the high court mixed with some of what happened in the supreme yeah, court, but just, just to, to, yeah, yeah. yeah just so, it, I, I don't like I think I think for dramatic effect, it's oh, yeah. fine. It's just, <laughs> well, it's very dramatic, it's just but just to kind of get it out of the way, then this is the supreme court, do not do this, it would basically be. You'd have the barrister for like the state, like and some other junior councils there. Desmond Doyle's barrister and solicitors, he'd probably be there. It's also very unlikely there'd be that many people in the Supreme Court. Um, this this isn't the Supreme Court building. This is actually the the King's Inn where barristers train in this country. But it's actually a much nicer building inside where they've. I think they actually made the right decision to shoot it there. It looks it's very ornate as well. It looked great anyway. We had sausage rolls outside of it once too, if you if you you remember. Probably. Yeah. A A long time ago. So just to say, like. Not to take away from how dramatic the scene is and how great the acting is here. But just to be clear, this is massively inaccurate. Yeah. But, but we'll talk about but, how good it is now.
2: I mean, it was so tense the whole way through that. Yeah. I mean, you know, that they're examining everyone. And then when they get Evelyn up there. No, I mean, the first it's uh, Desmond. And, like, they're throwing the, the, the strangling the nun in his face. And obviously yeah. I was like, look, like this didn't happen. That should be the first thing he said yeah. is that I did not strangle her. Yeah. Uh, he just held her head, which is kinda of weird, but I suppose yep. was in that situation. I
1: did not I did not hit her. Oh hi, Judge.
2: <laughs> oh god. Oh, there we go now. There's our room reference for the day. So it it's hard to watch at times because you have the bastardy
1: defence who are just kinda they they're actually the
2: I don't know. What sorry, sorry, works. they
1: are the defence, my apologies. They're yeah. <laughs> One or the other. I I'm not a lawyer. It's what's worth the, saying. The people here. who are against. Sorry, it, it's the the government basically. Yes. They, they, they yeah, yeah. like, I I assume that guy is supposed to be like the attorney general or something like. Yeah, that. whatever. I don't and he's he,
2: yeah. like he's just putting words into everyone's mouth, and you can see that he's just a bit of a
1: dick. Yeah, and he's even like when they get the minister for education up, and then uh, Desmond, like uh, the American, is you know cross examining him, and he's like, you know... You read this, the constitution out, and they're kind of getting to the point where, uh, the, the you know, we're saying that isn't it right that he has a right to his family under this article of the constitution? And so yeah. then the act can't be, and the minister kind of goes, it could be taken that way. And I'm like, pretty sure that's also, you can't say that in court. Yeah, you have to it, be yes or no. Well, no, because you can't say that, because, yes, well, the judge is there to determine that, yes, they know. You can't give a answer like that any i just thought that was weird but anyway but um the minister just comes off as very kind of slimy just kind of saying oh, yeah. every once to get his way as they do in At, current day so nothing's changed as politicians do <laughs> um so that was kind of nice but i i think as well where you finally get the nun on the stand yeah and, and it's you're like just a raging bitch oh she's sister bridget i think she's the head nun and she's just such a bitch yeah um the worst, and if only I can see like where she like hit the child, and like Evelyn's nana is like stands up and says, "I'm so sorry." I went, I, I, Desmond treated them better than you. I'm sorry. He's like, wait, shall I wait to like get you outside. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's <laughs> it's nice that at least the the grandmother got a bit of a
2: redemption arc, yeah. But like having Evelyn then understand, the and it's 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 so Ooh. hard to watch. Just it the, is like these adults forcing her to lie or pushing like you know this isn't how it happened this is how it happened you didn't get hit you and then it's like the I'm all mixed
1: up and it's like first. yeah because they're, they're wording it so awfully that it's hard to, to tell double negatives in I'm pretty else. sure that's badgering the witness like oh, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure really. at that point the judge would step in and say it's a child hang on a second yeah, you do not speak to her like that in my like, courtroom like the
2: judge is, is quite sweet to, to her like she wants to read out yep. her prayer from the night before and like
1: they're, they're objecting and he's like no no I want, I want to hear this yeah. he's, just, he's just like You've been a prick to her. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to indulge her, and of course the angel rays come in again. That's such so a that, sweet that's kind scene. Of, that's the rallying
2: point where she kind of gets her confidence back. I, I love how, talk.
1: I love how it's just like, and she goes, "Oh my granddad is here." The angel rays, and then the judge goes, "But well, she's clearly like uh, delusional, basically." He has like imaginary friends. Like, yeah. And do the judge just like look, just gives him a look, just like, "Do not say that again." Because <laughs> yeah. I think I, I always kind of got the impression I watched this, that. You know, they're older men they're obviously very, you know, very educated they're all speaking lovely british accents but i kind of got the impression that maybe the middle judge i guess that uh, he's a grandfather too yeah and i kind of see i kind of and... i kind of think that i always got the impression maybe i was reading too much into it that he kind of related to her in that sense like i've got my granddaughter and it's yeah. like i kind of see you so i'm going to i'm going to give you a chance to say the the truth yeah I, suppose, so I think that's just one thing that i should ask
2: is i know the the main judge from the high court is bumped to the
1: Supreme Court for this? Is that something that would actually happen? Um, yeah, you see, the the President of the High Court uh, does sit on the Supreme Court ex officio. So basically, All as right, So he was the President, and he got presumably. So it, it it's not quite addressed. It's but also I I it wouldn't be correct to do that if you if you dealt with um, yeah, presided over. I actually didn't case. notice this. Now I, I I I gotta say I did kind I, I think it was the same guy. I just thought the it was book, yeah this, no. They, like they actually pointed out oh, that he was brand. moved up to the Supreme Court for this. Okay, so basically, I'm pretty... No, I'd have to clear this with my girlfriend who's the actual lawyer. I'm pretty sure you can't do that. You couldn't handle appeal from a case that you dealt with at a lower yeah. level. That's a massive conflict of interest, so that's that's a no that's that's completely ridiculous right, Yeah, it was
2: just it was weird and i wasn't sure so it's no no I mean,
1: in the sense that if he was the president of the high, of the high court does sit on the supreme court as by ex officials, they're like as because they're the president they, they sit on the supreme court as does the president of the court of appeal and i was right um but i presume in, in this context it was like he was sitting on the high court as just an ordinary judge and then got like bumped up to the supreme court because there was a vacancy I presume but
2: uh, yeah I think it was a little more sinister in what they were doing but
1: yeah that's a, yeah but that would be completely improper you you can't handle an appeal of a case you dealt with at a lower level that's a big big no no and I know enough about the law to be like you can't do that but yeah. in the end everything works I, and I, yeah. I, I do really like the scene where the, the the first judge is just like he's the one from the high court he's just like yeah no I I, I vote for the you know, rule, rule in favour of the minister of education he was right and doing and you get to the other judge and he's like there better be a however here However. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just such like, a great
2: scene. <laughs> and, then, and then when they get the, the middle judge, and it's like he does about four however's and it's like, oh my god, it's so tense. No,
1: no, it that was I remember watching it when I was younger, and it's like every and like everyone's like tensing up, and he goes, There has to be another however and like the the, the other uh Conley, the other judge, they're up there, he's up there drinking, just going, There better be another however here. Yeah, yeah, and he then has after, the, the, after like the second however, he's just like, and he's like Oh no, it's like However, he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's, so he's like We're back in the game. It's really, really good. This is—I actually really like this scene. Yeah, it's really well attention. done. It's very well shot, and just by the end of it, you're so happy. And then when he gets his kids back at the end, and like yeah, they're all him, they're all really and, like, sweet. You know, because
2: they hear they're listening over the radio, and so all the kids, yeah, in in the Christian Brothers and in the convent are celebrating.
1: What I like is you, you have the, the, the kind of good nun is just there, like telling all the girls, to pray harder now. Because yeah, obviously, yeah. I figured if the other nun was there, she'd burst and like, beat the shite out of them, like yeah. everything.
2: But they're all celebrating then, and it, it, it's
1: a lovely. It does end well. Um, I, I feel remiss if I didn't bring this up. Sorry to kind of bring it down oh, a little God. bit. But. It, <laughs> There was a thing at the end credits saying, like oh, Desmond Doyle case had a big impact and it made you know difference to this. Now, this still went on for about an, at least another 30, 35 years, this kind of institutionalized abuse thing. And some survivors did attack this film with the way it was presented at the end. So I I just felt at the very least it's worth mentioning that. There, there was a piece in The Guardian I read in 2003 that was up by Henry MacDonald uh, called Abuse Survivors Attack Brosnan film. And there's a couple of things in it saying that it they didn't get released in the way that this film portrayed as so i think it is at the very least worth saying that this what while this yeah, is based I mean, on a true yeah, story but, and there was a big impact it didn't it didn't like there wasn't like a, a switch flicked and this all stopped I, yeah i think I it's think worth saying
2: that, that's probably something you should take away from any movie that says yeah. based on a true story is that could be like one page of the script is based on a true yeah. story it could be the entire thing it could be a, a mix the whole way through there there is so if if you're interested in something like yeah. that,
1: definitely go and read the actual sources. Yeah, just to believing what the movie does. Because... Just to kind of to kind of mention as well that we kind of talked a little bit about how there were six kids and how yeah. she actually ran off with his cousin and stuff. There's another little bit that happened in real life that I would just like to mention that didn't happen in the story. Basically, after the kids were taken away from him the first time, he actually went to the authorities because he was like, Oh, I because he felt it was the right thing to do. because yeah. I mean, I suppose it's time like oh I don't have a, a Uh, A wife, my mother has passed away. Their kids, other grandmother doesn't, can't look after them. So he, that was the fine thing. He actually went to England then to to get work, so he could save up the money and then you know get the money back and bring them over to him in England. That was what happened. It was he then moved back to Ireland with his housekeeper, which, and I, I mean every source I've read about this has housekeeper in inverted commas. So I'm just yeah, and apparently that was from what I've read in some places one of the main objections at the time it was like that this housekeeper circumstance not your wife having run off with someone was kind of you know raising a few issues so not to say that Desmond Doyle I, I fully believe he really cared, loved his kids in real life yeah, and there were six of them went. I don't he, want to take away from it the but to get he did back, so. and it, and it, it was a, a great thing and I think Pierce Brosnan himself really pushed to get this film made and I think he he's said uh, you know a man's love for his children is a very powerful thing and it it doesn't matter what the odds are and I think he I think it's because he cared so much about it to get this film made when he was like at the top of his fame as James Bond oh, yeah. he could have done any project he wanted to he He did this and his performance in this film and just the desperation he puts across at times the anger, the passion about getting his kids back does a fantastic job Stu, this was a crock of gold for me oh definitely
2: <laughs> same crock of gold great movie uh, might I watch it again at some point a couple of years down the
1: line if I ever want to feel angry and sad <laughs> <Yeah>. and happy <laughs> it's I, I gotta say like because i I remember suggesting this film to you like very early on when we we started doing this podcast and I, and I kind of said it's like oh I remember watching this when I was younger I think it'd be perfect for it, even though it's set in Ireland there's still like other bits yeah and, of right? course like, and I, think, of, I, I r- think I'm glad r- we r- really did because I really really enjoyed rewatching this and I definitely would watch it again a couple of times it's a very enjoyable film um even if you don't like care about all the the legal stuff and everything else, yeah. it's not too it's not too much in this film. As all. It's all explained very well, and it's just a good kind of drama. You know, yeah. it's it's a good yeah, film. I think if you if you want a bit of a cry and a bit of a laugh at times and a kind of a, a feel good moment at the end, watch this film. Yeah,
2: it definitely has all of that and so much more. It's <laughs> something else as you're watching it away. So that'll be it for us this week. Yep. Uh, next week. We will be doing Michael Collins, the 1996 movie, with what's his face, Liam Neeson,
1: Liam Neeson, and, and many more. and um, Watts himself is in that as well. Aidan Quinn is also in that. Oh, he is. He <laughs> is in that. Alan Rickman. <laughs> yes. Hello, Harry Potter. <laughs> Michael Collins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be all we do next week is Alan Rickman impressions. I mean, I think, I think we talk. I mean, I don't think this film has a happy ending, too, does it? We'll have to
2: find out depending on
1: it, depending on your viewpoint.
2: I, I don't think it's based on a true story, so
1: we can't find out until next week. Well, it is based on a true stories too, but I can tell you one thing: this, if if you think I talked to too much about historic inaccuracies in this episode, wait till next week. Spoilers, My good God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so play us out there. Uh, thanks very much, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I think this is one of the favourites we've definitely done. Yeah, it's been it Really enjoyable. Um, so please tell a friend about this. It re- really does make a difference when you do that. Um, ask people to you know review the show and everything else. Send us in your own opinions. Um, if you want to say, oh, what you thought about this film or any of the other films we did. Or even you know, as general feedback about how the any, podcast works yeah, or anything. Any suggestions for other stuff we can do, other movies. Like, other we'll, we're happy to do, like, you know... We do TV shows as well. We haven't done too many TV shows barring kind of Father Ted. So we're definitely thinking about doing that more in the future. Oh, yeah. We we have plans for moving to a video game kind of thing as well. I'm, I'm putting yeah, together a big list of Irish video game things. There's not a lot. There's not a lot. It's quite thin. But uh, so tell us, you can contact us uh, on Twitter at blarneypod and of course at email talkingblarneypod at gmail.com. Uh, do give us a shout and uh, we're very happy to read all feedback. And thank you so much guys for, for listening to us. We've seen uh, listens go up a bit. Yeah, I think yeah, it's a fair bit, somewhere. so we're, we're very happy with this. Uh, thanks for enjoying and listening, guys. It's uh, so goodbye from me.
2: See
1: you next week. Head over to Hulu this March, where
0: our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Thanks, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun,